Welcome to The Third Rail Entrepreneur, a podcast about enrichment. Enrichment of your mind, your relationships, your body, and ultimately your business via the entrepreneurial path. My name is Alistair MacDonald. Let's get started. By late February of 2020, it was clear, certainly clear enough to the average American and most politically motivated, the average politician, that COVID-19 was going to have a significantly negative impact on the United States, its economy, its culture, and its social fabric, and of course, its physical and mental well-being. We all know what happened next. The twisted machinations of government intervention meeting with economics, medicine, self-interest, and political interest kept colliding, and those collisions invaded individual civil liberties and also asked of those who demanded their own liberties a degree of responsibility. Your rights are somebody else's responsibility, and if you support the rights of others, then you are willing to show up and be responsible. This is something that seems to be lost on those that are insistent on their rights, but blind to their responsibilities. What followed next is no secret to anybody, and that's really less what concerns me. Over the course of the last few weeks, and the reason for me wanting to share this with you today, I have unearthed something that is causing me far greater concern than the probabilities, impact, or likelihood of me or somebody I love acquiring COVID-19. And this is how it's starting to show up. As a function of the ongoing eternal magic of my personal life, I have many luxuries and many beautiful experiences. And one of them is getting to work with very high-performing entrepreneurs. And in my conversation with these private clients and those in my Full Cycle Entrepreneur Training Group, I have noticed a really disturbing trend. And the trend is showing up as an energy directed toward repair, a rush to repair, a rush to take us back, take themselves back to when things were, quote, normal. Getting back to normal is the narrative that I am hearing over and over again in conversations with these amazing people that I get to spend time with every week. And I'm forced to ask myself, what is normal? What does that even mean? And I've become convinced that normal is really just a catch-all, a term that I might use to describe a most recent experience and feeling that I was becoming accustomed to enough that felt good. That's what I think normal means. And normal is always in the past. Nobody is looking forward to a future normal. We're trying to craft it, but nobody ever speaks of working toward a future normal. There is always a getting back to normal. Now, in many cases, in certain professions that I advise and coach and mentor, these industries have been very hard hit by COVID-19. And initially, I confessed to chuckling a little privately that a lot of the folks I was speaking to were saying, I just want to get back to the way things were in January. 
completely overlooking how much they bitched and moaned and complained about how things were back in January. (laughs) I'm sure I'm no different, I think. (laughs) I think that's just the human condition. But all of that aside, this impulse, this instinct to move back to the good old days is one that has been very prevalent over the last couple of years, certainly here in the United States. And I would make the case that throughout many nations in Europe, only nobody is ever defining when the good old days were or what it was that made America great or when America was great and it no longer is. Now, I have no problem with any political affiliations or the justifications for any particular narrative. In fact, they're very valuable to me as I, a full-cycle entrepreneur, take the themes that they share and find a way to adjust my keel accordingly. But there is, most recently, on the individual level, not just the collective, the individual impulse toward getting back up to normal, getting revenues back to where they were, getting production back to where they were, getting the team back up to the numbers that we had, infused, of course, with this PPP fund that has poured into everybody's pocketbook. The instinct to go back to the good old days. And I can completely understand this. In the case of my own businesses, I too was braced and prepared, thankfully, for a recession anyway. It didn't require any particular catalyst. I was ready, and certainly this year has been the most profitable one of my life so far, across the board in all of my businesses. But that aside, those that weren't prepared, those that became convinced that there is only a half cycle to the business and economic expansionary contractionary world, are feeling this impulse to just just wanting to get back to where it was because that was safe and familiar. And of course, often the one is the other. But as I say, these are not the things that really scare me. What scares me, and I'm not using hyperbole, what scares me is there is something missing, something so valuable and so clearly right in our face that we are just not paying attention to. And I think we're not paying attention to it because it's hard, because we don't know the answer and we don't have anything to present. What is that thing? I'll answer it with a question. And I don't know that this question has ever seemed as brutal as it is today. This is a question that forms one of the bedrock five questions of my interview process. Anybody that ever wants to work with me or for me, either in my businesses or with me as a private client, this is one of my five bedrock questions, but I have never, never found myself using it and having the recipient feel this brutal blow. There's certainly never the spirit with which I intended it. It is never meant to be harsh, but the receipt of it these days is harsh. And that question is this, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? To a person over the course of the last several weeks, I have asked this of my private clients, genuinely interested in finding out what that is, in co-discovering it with them. And to a person, they look at me on the video call or There's a pause in the phone where I can sense this ashen-faced emptiness. I don't know. 
or as common, and this ties into another question of mine that I use in interviews, what is it that somebody does for fun? What do you do for fun? We'll go into this some other time. It's a beautiful question, and it's, a, it's truly one that comes from a position of love and support, and who wouldn't want to work for a boss that wants to know what I do for fun? where I find my richness, where the wellspring of my creativity and so forth that I go to, my third rail. What's my third rail? But when I ask this of clients, they will speak of plans they had, not plans they have. They will talk of anticipating and looking forward to the football season, that college football fanatic who travels and goes to games and supports friends and family and may or may not place a little side bet from time to time. But this is their thing. Outside of their own athletic endeavors and supremely successful business models, this is what they were looking forward to. Another spoke of their plans to go away to France for a birthday in August. Neither of those plans are on track to come true. What remains? The emptiness the vacuous brutality of nothing. Now, this is where we run a different risk, a risk that most of us, all of us, I would venture, in the Western world face all the time, which is this drive toward the future. Some of the most, it's, it's not an accident, it's not a coincidence that some of the most depressed, depressive, and bitter or sad individuals that I meet are those who are always living in the future. They are never quite rich enough, thin enough, tanned enough, appropriately good-looking enough, dating the appropriately beautiful spouse, not quite connected with their children enough. And all of these things lie, of course, in the future. There is a one-to-one correlation between those who are least satisfied with their results and those who live in the future, in my professional experience. So I believe this is something we're always struggling with. I think that is at the root of this whole FOMO culture that we've experienced for the last decade. Because what this risk represents is an avoidance of now. Fear is a distrust in now. It is a lack of faith in you and your capabilities. It is a lack of faith in the richness and possibility of what lies directly in front of me, quite literally directly, today. The migration toward the future is one that not only do we feel the impulse for, because we're sure that there's a better version of us in the future, and I'm willing to just temporarily suffer this moribund, dry, decayed, overweight, thin, skinny, weak, poor version of me. But that's okay. I can endure that because I know in the future it's going to be different. It's not just a strong impulse for us as individuals, but we are sold this narrative. It is a part of every possible marketing message from why you should buy the fancy home or at least do a tour of fancy homes to the car ad that says, look at this and this shockingly good-looking person with the appropriate length of their stubble and how comfortable they are driving up this icy road to their personal ski cabin. 
we are not just carrying this message into the world, but the world is beating a path to our door and telling us that this is how it is. This version of you sucks, and the future one is great. Don't worry. Don't worry. Now, you don't need a Buddhist monk to tell you how dangerous this is. You only have to look at the use of medication to avoid now that is so profligate and widely used in the United States and the Western world. The explosion of anti-anxiety medications and SSRIs, every one of those is an abeyance of now. It is, it is buying time for feeling good in the future. At least, this is my understanding and belief of it. I have no judgment of those who find themselves there. I'm merely pointing to it as evidence of just how powerful this invisible force is on us to delay gratification, that joy is in the future. I see this all the time. How many entrepreneurs I work with that are looking for the big exit, that can't wait to build up their business and buy multiple practices, multiple residential income properties, whatever it is, so that they can sell and retire and what? I've got bad news for you. If you're that creative, you're always going to be that creative. And if you think that selling and taking that 10 million is, first of all, going to translate into an income that you're used to, you're, you just haven't done the math. But second, the idea that creativity should or even can be turned off. What an egregiously misaligned, ridiculous expectation that is. Instead, and this is something we can speak about some other time, I believe that the richness is in treating your business and your life as this giant laboratory, one where experiments are being run at all times, and there is a constant iterative process of you getting better at you, only to then get better at everything you do. Nonetheless, this is a disease in the Western world, and we know it a departure from now into the future. We know, and you know, that if you've ever even experimented with meditation, try this tomorrow, you will sit there jumping between two different kinds of thoughts, two out of three, what you're going to do in the future, your day, your checklist, or what is in the past that you wish you hadn't have sucked at, where you felt stupid, or that thing you should have bought, that deal you should have taken, that deal you should have walked away from, that partner, spouse, girlfriend, experience, boyfriend, husband, whatever it is that you shouldn't have, or even better, that lies in the future waiting for you. We work so hard to avoid presence, and the tragedy is that we succeed. Ask your children. If you want to know how good you are at avoiding the present, just ask your spouse, your children your mom and dad. So here we are in a world of COVID-19. And when I ask this question, what are you looking forward to? I get blank stares and a look of haunted sadness. The trips, the vacations, the visits from family from afar, the meals out, the grand family get-together and Thanksgiving, all put to the side. We have run out of future. If there is a yin and a yang, if there is a night to the day, a hope in the face of sadness, and on and on, 
COVID-19 represents another thing. Not just represents it, but the way that it has been forced in our face is a deep impression of presence. These doctors and engineers and developers and entrepreneurs that I speak with and work with are speaking about, though not using these words, they are speaking about being pushed face first directly to what is actually in front of them, getting their production back to where it was, getting their revenues back to where they were, getting their personal income back to where they feel most safe. But they are blind to what this is. This is one of the greatest gifts that you could ever ask for in your life. The kind of gift that I myself had to have thrown in my face on October 17th, 2011, when my friend died in my arms. A massive heart attack at age 37 threw into my face this dying athlete. I was forced to confront a sense of presence that fundamentally changed my life. And you have this opportunity, but it is without the sadness. It is without the grieving widow and beautiful two young boys. It is without all of that. And you will lose this moment if it is purely in the service of going back to more, better things in the future. You will lose it. You will lose this chance to take advantage of imposed presence. COVID-19 has insisted that you show up, that you actually show up. You can't go out for dinner. You have to sit with your children, whether you like them or not. You have to deal with this patient, this prospect, this client, this consumer in front of you because they might be the only one today. I ask you and invite you to think about what an incredible gift of richness and presence that is. It is almost as if the the God force, the universe, has told you that you needed to stop. Just stop. This rushing here, rushing there. Everyone I speak to is saying they feel that they have gone from 100 miles an hour to zero. And as they go from zero back into first gear, they are compelled to ask themselves, do I want to do it again the same way? What a beautiful opportunity that is. However, presence is a super force. That I am convinced. Developing and cultivating, and it is a cultivation of presence, is one of the richest things that I have ever spent time developing. And as it turns out, much like authenticity, it's surprisingly profitable, though that's never the intention with which I pursued it. It has paid me twice. It has made me present and experienced and aware of what is right in front of me and simultaneously made me hyper aware of the things that could be with the tools that are and the problems, dangers, opportunities, and strengths that this person or this moment represents. But we can't just live in the present. At some point, we have to buy green bananas. We have to go to the grocery store and buy for a meal beyond just tonight. The future matters. Your having something to look forward to matters. But how can you do that? How can you even find anything in the future that you can make happen in a world in which so little is clearly in our control? I invite you to think about it. 
Because my concern is, speaking from my own experience, I have found times in my life where I have been quite literally stuck alone in a very deep, dark (laughs) hinterland of the African bush with a vehicle that didn't work and nothing but a rifle and an ability to survive in the wilderness. Been stuck there for weeks and inadvertently developed and imposed that same imposed force of presence. But I needed something to look forward to. I needed to look forward to getting back with my mates, to building my business, to seeing my mom and dad. We need that too. How do we do it in a world where most of the things that we indulged in in the future are no longer available to us? I live in the state of Arizona, up in the little mountains of Prescott, Arizona. All of our gyms have been closed. Our bars have been closed and water parks, because apparently those are more dangerous than restaurants or social gatherings for 4th of July events. But so many of these things that I might otherwise be looking forward to, taking my children back to the motherland, taking them to the areas in which I traipsed through the bush in Zimbabwe is not available to me. This was an extremely important thing in my future that I've been looking forward to with my children for so long, and it's gone. It's not available to me. What am I to do? What am I to do? Be creative. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to do two things. First, indulge in this beautiful gift that you've been given of imposed presence with your family, your customers, your team members, your parents, whoever it is, your friends, whether it's by Zoom call or anything else, I invite you to indulge in that present experience. But as importantly, get ye something to look forward to. If you cannot craft something over which you have complete control, it might be as humble as getting in a camper and heading an hour from your house, but it must be within your control and you must truly allow yourself to indulge in it. It must happen. Having something to look forward to is crucial. It's crucial for our well-being. All you need to do is read the memoirs of those who have been trapped in isolation, stuck on a deserted island, floating out at sea or placed in solitary confinement. While the presence The present, rather, is where we find richness. The future is where we find hope. And your hope matters. You have to find something. Make it happen. Your loved ones need it. And so do you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for being here. Hey, there's only two things that you have in your life, your time and your attention, that you've given both to me for these few minutes of today means everything. Cheers.